And I've heard like sayings like having resentment is almost like, you know, taking poison, hoping the other person dies. But because if you hold that to yourself, like if you're you're making your forgiveness contingent on some action that somebody else is going to do, you may never have that. You may, ne- you may never have that. Yes. Yeah. And so. But you you still have to try. And if the other person isn't willing to meet your terms of restoration, then you have data, right? Like they either don't respect the fact that you're hurt or they don't value the relationship enough to make amends. And then you have to go through the forgiveness of yourself, right? And it's nice when when people actually do take the extra step to follow through and then that improves trust. content presented and discussed is purely intended to be general and educational in nature and should not be construed as specifically tailored investment, financial planning, tax, legal, psychological diagnosis, or other professional advice. Hello, everybody. This is Manny, Manny Henson from Gamma Wealth Management, and we have Dr. Abby Durkin here, and we are on our show, Ask My Man Manny. And so this is our first show. We are testing this out. It's going to be a very interactive show, but we're going to kind of talk about a topic today that is very timely and relevant to a lot of people. And so for, for some people who have, or have a different number of experiences in, in this year, in this part of the year, you may have Passover, you might have Easter, you might have Ramadan, you, you might be thinking about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a, in an, more recently, if you're not, if you're secular, you're thinking about, you know, student loan conversation. We're talking about every day in the media, some rights and some wrongs or whether or not someone can say sorry and be accepted for it. So let's talk about forgiveness. And I'll let our co-host start and see, you know, if, the, if it's something that you wanted to think about, wanted to talk about as well. What's on your mind? I think that this is a very timely topic for sure. When you're interacting with family or when you're interacting with coworkers, peers, or your employer, there's always opportunities to be generous. And then there's unfortunately always opportunities to feel aggrieved. (laughs) So if that generosity isn't returned feeling like they're overextended in some way and feeling regretful, Because personal relationships and professional relationships are really complicated, it's it's hard to find a roadmap for how to experience restoration. By the way, for your listeners, we are experimenting and we are on two different continents. And so I think, Abby, she's going to give a really interesting perspective on things. I'm going to have to give a good different perspective on things, too. And we're just navigating this distance and canyon between us. But... All all good. We'll, we'll we'll kind of work out those things in the, over the long run. But yeah, I, I think that's really the biggest thing. Is that, and also from a finance standpoint, you know, what do you think is like the impact of of not forgiving? Like, what, is having a short memory good for your portfolio? Good for your business in the long run? Is there it? Is it even important to forgive? Yeah, that's such a key question. Because there is a cost to being generous and there is a cost to forgiveness and there's a cost to not forgiving at all. So emotions and economics become really linked up in this particular topic. 
So when you choose not to forgive, you might be reducing a future opportunity, but you also could be engaging in some very important protective strategies to keeping not only your financial self healthy, but your mental health and your emotional health a priority as well. You know, it's somewhat linked, but if you give people second chances and third chances, then you're also at risk for being chronically taken advantage of and impoverished both financially and emotionally. So the person who has given of themselves in some kind of way and then been injured by that gets to determine how they need to be made whole again. And the first step in that process is articulating that there has been some kind of a grievance or an injury or they've experienced a loss. And that can be really hard when you're in relationship with people where there's maybe power dynamics or, you know, any number of things. But it does, the power of the restoration plan does lie with the person who has been. Yeah, I like this topic because it's like, it's not really any way around having to require having to trust and have faith in someone without actually truly proving it beforehand like at some point in your life whether you're in a business world or your relationships in a person relationships family you know you're going to be in a position where somebody's going to going to ask you to trust them maybe they don't use those words exactly they don't say hey trust me you can trust me they don't say that actually i think if somebody said you could trust me I'd be a little bit more suspicious, but they're going to say, you know, you're going to be in a position where you're going to need to trust somebody and they're going to, they're going to be trustworthy or, or not. They're not, they're not going to have a record. They're going to, but there's no thought that there's, there's not like a, like some kind of numbers you can push into a computer and it can spit out some kind of answer to you. I mean, big, big numbers, like, like there's, there's not, not that the individual is going to do with their, you know, their son or their, their, you know, their brother or sister or their iron cousin when they're lending the money. But there, there's not really, it's, it's a head and heart decision. Right. And, and I'm not even immune to it either. You know, I'm, I, I studied finance. You know, someone actually came to me more recently who said that they were sorry and they, they wanted to provide reconciliation. And I was, I was shocked, you know, I was shocked to be in a position where I could help somebody and, um, I felt like I may have gotten taken advantage of, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, even and smart people don't know the when, answer to this. Yeah, it is. It's because it's a people problem and there's a people solution to it. So when you extend yourself and you trust, that is sometimes not an explicit thing. You know, it's like you said, it comes from the heart. It's kind of an instinct. Maybe you've based that generosity or that trust on something that you've heard about the person reputationally, or maybe they're coming to you with a bit of a halo effect. They've been doing so many things well, and you have the capacity to help them take that next step, and you do. Or, you know, you just happen to have the ability to help. And so you do it just out of the goodness of your heart. Why am I (laughs) trusting this person? And why am I extending myself? Then you can open yourself up to this kind of unpredicted loss. How do you come back for that? Like, what is it, you know, if you, if you, you ever been in a situation where you felt like, oh my goodness, I, I got, I got taken advantage of and, 
You know, I, yeah. I can't believe I did that. What's it like? Why does I do that? Like you're, you got to also in some way f- forgive yourself, right? You got to forgive yourself from yep. using whatever tools. Like even we're picking stocks, right? If I have a, I have a I'm trading, you know, uh, every trader has had a bad day, right? You have a, you have a methodology, you have a pattern, and yeah, you were wrong. You, 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 you were wrong. You gotta, you gotta go ahead and, and take that. Like, how do you? How do you deal with forgiving yourself? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of similar to how you would forgive other people, which is you got to come face to face with the mistake and say, ah, yep, I messed this one up, and then come up with a plan or some kind of strategy to reconstitute yourself. And sometimes that comes in the form of wisdom when you're doing this as an individual, and then you can say, yeah, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And these are the red flags that I'm going to look out for. These are the yellow flags. And then this is what a green flag really looks like. But then when it's interpersonally, you get to come up with your plan of how are you going to be made whole again and presenting that plan to the person who hurt you or the person who owes you money, you know, and it's like, okay, here's the loan I gave you. These are the installments that I would like it in. And I want to put a term on that, right? So emotional injury is for... But you can't do that. You got to make it. De- you got to make a decision that regardless of whether they're going to do that, you're going to forgive them <laughs> the beginning, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you, yep. you can't come to them and say that you're going to... Well, you could. You could come to them. But and I've heard like saying, it's like having resentment is almost like you know taking poison, hoping the other person dies. But because if you hold that to yourself, like if you're you're making your forgiveness contingent on some action that somebody else is going to do, you may never have that. You may, ne- you may never have that. Piece. Yeah. And so. But you, you still have to try. And if the other person isn't willing to meet your terms of restoration, then you have data, right? Like they either don't respect the fact that you're hurt or they don't value the relationship enough to make amends. And then you have to go through the forgiveness of yourself, right? And it's nice when when people actually do take the extra step to follow through, and then that improves trust. And that magic word, reconciliation. Yeah. And, you know, reconciliation, reconstitution, being made whole, you know, these terms, they share, they share space with the finance world and psychology. Right. You know, we have the... Great recession, and then we have a big question government wise you know in an intersection of forgiveness and and real real life consequences is student loan debt you know we have a student loan debt crisis where people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for education and they're coming away with you know something that's intangible but nonetheless something that's unconscious consciously expensive for what they're getting in return for remuneration. How do we build a society where you think, where you feel like people are being fair? Like, how do you define fairness? Should we go ahead and forgive them? <laughs> you know, forgive everybody? Is that the right thing to do? I mean, is it right. the right answer to, to answer that question? Yeah, I mean, these are huge questions because you're also talking about, you know, trust between an individual and the system that they're working in and trying to navigate. And then you're also talking about power dynamics, where as a borrower, 
you're automatically in a position of lower power when you're asking for money and you become indebted. But there's other economic models where I think borrowers are perceived as having the most power, right? So what do you mean by that? Well, in some spaces, this idea that when you borrow money, you're accumulating wealth. So there's some strategy that's employed by different brackets of this culture and of the society where it isn't frowned upon at all to perpetually borrow money and reinvest it. And so with student loans, it's actually an interesting example because you're borrowing against yourself and you're investing in yourself. So at the outset, you are the capital product. You know, you are the thing that is the investment and the dividends are the education and what you do with it. So when that no longer becomes rewarding is often after graduation when, you know, you don't get the job or the pay band that you're seeking and then you are faced with this monstrous bill. Yeah, having been in that world for a long time, I'm speaking from a place of injury. <laughs> no, you know, I, I think it, it, in a lot of ways it is similar to the union question, right? Because it, it, as far as the right. solution, because you, we could all say that we're not going to go to, you know, we're going to stand up to the, the, the powers that be. We're we're going to be, you know, we're going to unionize. We're we're going to not. We're we're going to collectively say we're not going to college, right? Let's say if we did that, right? Th- technically, right. you know, we we if if some of most of us listened, right? You know, you're looking at prisoners delivered. They they would eventually have to lower prices, but reality is some people are not right. going to make that decision. Just like if we had a, we started a union, there's a point in time where people started a union. The people who started the union or re- requested to start a union, those are the people that first got the ax, right? And those are yes. the people who got left behind. And so it's a catch 22. We, we say to people, yeah, th- there's a lot of blue collar, jo- collar jobs that are worth taking. And a lot of progressives will say, yeah, we want to expand you know, access and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, are are those people saying the same thing to their children? <laughs> are they, you know, are they are they yeah. saying they to their children that yeah, you you probably need to go to trade school. And yeah, and I, I think the union concept, it's that natural consequence to a trust deficit. You gotta take steps to protect yourself. Right. But it never work it doesn't work unless everybody trusts us, or at least most of the people trust each other. Yep, there's that. <laughs> and I'm starting to think about this too. I have a 15 year old who's looking at you know non traditional ways of going to school and traditional ways. I want to be as open as possible to what she feels like she's going to be doing well in, and not assuming I know the answer. And it's hard as a, as a parent to assume that you don't like. <laughs> like you can say, like, here's the here's the idea of. You know, here's here's the facts. Here's what the trend is showing over the long run. And we're going to just listen to our hearts and make a decision. But obviously having open conversation, I've had open conversation about my, you know, our, what we're going to contribute towards college. And there's a, it's a contribution, not complete coverage, just philosophically. Well, you're talking about risk, right? Yeah. So and you're not just impulsively investing in an unknown. You're describing having, you know, years of assessments and conversations. It's a two-way street. And then making an educated decision about how much risk you're willing to assume 
both in the investment of the person and then, you know, your levels of trust in multiple different systems. And there's a, a even bigger dialogue now. Like you've been thinking about like how this relates to you know, non-traditional assets, crypto, stock market, markets. You know, I think we all want we all, we all want not all, but a lot of people want more. They want a simple solution to to a problem. And I've seen a lot of people come yeah. at the people who slid, who suggested they invest in crypto. Like it was that you you were you'd have been called a dummy if you didn't invest in crypto and th- there were so many people behind it and the idea that the mantra is going to be its new new financial system but then we it didn't become that thing that made everybody rich overnight and next thing you know there's someone to blame right and you know the restitution of people's assets has been very challenging yeah and you're like well, how do we create a system where people take chances, people get the rewards for taking those chances, but they can trust, you know, that they're not, there's not the undue influence and you're, you're not going to make it. All, all trades are un, unequal. You know, we we always want to make, we always mm-hmm. want to see the shortcut. Like you're not going to get the shortcut unless you're not going to take the shortcut unless people feel like that's, there's some information that they, they know that isn't available to everyone else. Yeah. And I think we know we have to, do our best to mitigate emotion, which is so hard because I'm thinking about the gambler's fallacy right now. Mm. You know, the next one is going to be the hit. I'm going to win the house just one more and you keep investing, keep investing. And then you're in this kind of cognitive distortion of this is going to work out because of how much I've invested where the amount that you've invested has nothing to do with the outcome that you're going to get. So you've got to take those steps to remove as much emotion as possible. And that's hard for people. And I think that's why, you know, companies like yours, for example, and wealth management is so critical because they don't have the emotional ties to those financial decisions. And they can take a very sober look at your assets and your goals and advise you in ways that you don't really have available to yourself. Yeah, this is just, I really do look at things objectively. And it is just, it's time. It takes time to do that. And the different types of uh, spheres, it's it's difficult to do that when you're emotionally in- invested in, in it, you know. I think we, we yeah. have people who are, who wear their strategies and their their process as a badge of honor. Like the, being wrong is like the worst thing you can ever admit to yourself and to other people. It's so tough. Yeah, but it's admitting that you could be wrong is is there's power in that. And then once you realize that it's, yeah. it's not the end of the world, a lot of opportunities become available to you. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not I'm not going to keep everybody long. Uh, we wanted this one to be kind of short. And so I want to talk for the last couple of minutes about what we're doing, our idea of the show is going to be. I think this is going to be a a really good, interesting show. Uh, I want to at least provide some kind of content weekly. I also love to hear what other people's thoughts and ideas are. Uh, But at first, I'm thinking the big part of this is going to talk to the audience, talk to you all. We're dealing with some things that are are challenging and maybe you're not in a position where you you don't want to talk to a financial advisor about everything but maybe you have this one interpersonal challenge this person that's that's you know you're you're building a life with that you have challenge with or 
You're, you're dealing with family issues, dynamics related to closely held businesses. Abby's got a lot of experience with that. You're, you're in the military, you're ex-military. You're looking at you know, going back into society, trying to create some value, uh, whether you're starting your own business or you're trying to look at the world differently. We're here, we're here to hear it. And so on our website, gammawealthllc.com, there's going to be a link on our Contact Us page where you'll be able to see a Google form and you can submit anonymously your situation. We'll do everything we possibly can to keep your situation. And obviously, we're not going to use names, but we'll review it. We'll go over it. And maybe not everybody can be selected, but we'll, we'll select a, a good proportion of people to submit on a first come, first serve basis. And we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about your challenge, what we can do for, from Abby's standpoint with the, on the emotional psychology side. And from my standpoint, on the financials, the d- dollars and cents side and how the system works. And hopefully you'll get a lot, about, a lot out of it. And then longer term, we'll also have multiple segments of our show. So we're, we're going to be talking about your suggestions, but we'll also have guest appearances. We'll talk about current events like we did today. And so there's going to be uh, at least three segments uh, that we'll have uh, as a part of our, our show, two at the minimum for each show. And uh, we look forward to you. And I know, I know Abby has a really exciting news. She just got published. She has a book that's out there. Yes. Uh, tell, talk to us. Tell, tell what's going on in your world. So during lockdown, I wrote about 20 children's books, and it's based around the story of my pets, but not just any pets, because my son and I, I'm a single mom, we decided to liquidate in 2018. We bought a rickety sailboat. And so we were socially distancing before it was cool. But then when the lockdown happened, everything got turned on its head. And I was sitting there with a lot of time and trying to feel like, how can I contribute value in this weird situation? And I started to write about the crazy experiences that my guinea pigs had. And I translated their experiences into the experiences of childhood specifically, you know, moving, feeling out of place. Because there's no guinea pigs on sailboats, man. There's like dogs and cats and birds and otters and fish, but there's no little marmots running around. And so I thought, how absolutely absurd is her perspective of life right now? So we're talking about bullying, body image issues, self-esteem, family members who get sick. So each story is equipped with... A conversation that caregivers, guardians, parents, teachers, babysitters can have with young readers. The, the target audience for reading the books independently is, I guess, between four and eight years old. But my son named the guinea pigs after quirks because he is studying physics. And so the guinea pigs are named Charm and Strange. So the books are called Life as Strange. No Higgs. <laughs> yeah. So Life as Strange, and it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Archway. And you can also go to lifeisstrange.com and see a bit of our story. And one more interesting bit is that the illustrator is Ukrainian, and he was selected from an art contest in 2021 and was working diligently on these illustrations when Kiev was bombed. And he almost lost his entire studio and fled to safety and thought that 
I, I thought he was gone and I didn't hear from him for like six weeks. And then he popped back up and was like, I'm alive. And here's a picture of the sky that I can see through my bedroom now. And I want to keep working. And thanks to Den Yes, we've been able to complete the first three. So out of the 20 that I've written, the first three are published and we're going to be releasing sets depending on, you know, how good they do. That's awesome. That's all. That's a really good story. Yeah, I hope you like it. Manny, download it, read it, <laughs> write a review, please. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that is that is it for us today. We are very excited. This is something that we've been talking about for the last, I want to say, six months or so. So I am uh, very glad that we got this started. It's only going to get better over time. So hang in there with us. You're going to get something out of it, regardless of where you are in life. And with, with just, I wanted to say to just sum it all up, forgiveness is hard. And I know that even for my, myself as a logical person, that it's, it's difficult, but I, I really do think it is important for us to do. I'm saying that as someone who's, who hopes to be forgiven for any kind of transgressions I've ever done to anyone else. And, and from a finance standpoint, I, I really do really hope that we all can figure out some life lessons from those circumstances, whether you, you know, invested in some charity that didn't work out right, or you, you know, you don't get a cold heart. You don't look at every opportunity as, as something that's taking away. And we, we look at, you know, the future with us in it and improving our societies, whether it's contributing to nonprofits or it's talking to the next generation about opportunities and, and supporting them. So thank you all. I wish you a great day, night, year, whatever the case may be for you. And I hope you're excited about something. And that's it for us. Thanks, Manny, for having me. Yes. Take care, all. The content presented and discussed is purely intended to be general and educational in nature and should not be construed as specifically tailored investment, financial planning, tax, legal, psychological diagnosis, or other professional advice. Any data cited is valid as of the date of presentation, but please know that such data are frequently subject to change. Any investment performance referenced is purely past performance, which is no guarantee of any future performance. Nothing contained in this course should be construed as an offer to sell, a solicitation of an offer to buy, or a recommendation of any security or other financial product or investment strategy. All investment, tax, and financial planning strategies involve risk that you should be prepared to bear. Investment, financial planning, tax, legal, and other professional advice is specific to each individual and entity, and you are highly encouraged to consult with professionals of your choosing before taking any action based on the contents presented or discussed herein.